I want to talk today, uh, just following on from uh, the two messages that were given uh, by Rochelle and Jamie. And um, we've been looking uh, again at uh, this prophetic word that came um, um, a few months ago last year um, from a chap called Graham Cook. And it was at a, a, um, a conference in July last year that uh, Jamie and Rochelle were at. And... Um, and it was, it was to the church, it was to the church in the UK and into Europe. And the purpose of prophetic words is, um, is to bring to mind or, or to emphasise what God is doing and what, what God wants to do now. Um, it's, it's, like, it's the now word of God. It's for us to uh, get hold of something that God is interested in, or not more than interested in, is... is is doing or about to do, and he wants us to get in line with it. Um, uh, it doesn't um, contradict Scripture. It doesn't overcome Scripture. What it often does, actually, is emphasise those bits of the Bible that we know, but which actually bring to mind those things which God wants to do. And, uh, and so that's what um, I want to look at today and... and, and um, bring out, uh, it sort of follows on really from what Rochelle and Jamie uh, were talking about. So Rochelle talked about the importance of having um, a habitation mindset, that actually we are the people of God where God dwells by his spirit. We don't wait for God to visit us. Uh, we're, not, we're not passively just sitting there saying, okay, God, when you visit us, we'll do something and we'll be what you want us to be. No, no. God is here. God dwells amongst us. We've experienced that this morning, but we experience it all the time. We may know it in greater measure at times or less measure, but the fact is, he is here. He, uh, we are the, uh, the, uh, the place where God dwells, um, and so he's here all the time. And uh, Jamie last week was looking at the importance of, of not having a negative mindset, not being negative, not, having, not living in negativity. Um, about how we believe and, uh, and, and, and expecting uh, greater things than, than what our minds are saying, not believing lies. And what I want to say today, actually those two feed into or uh, sort of, um, sort of have, a, have an impact on what I want to say today. And I want to talk today about the church uh, and how the importance of believing that God dwells in us and to have a positive uh, view of the church rather than a negative one and how important that is and, and that is uh, seen in the prophetic word that uh, Graham Cook brought and so I just want to read out a, uh, a section of it um, uh, for, uh, for us to sort of to, to think about okay so this is just a, a section of, of that prophetic word and it says this it says I want my bride to become a visual aid to all of humanity to show forth the majesty of the kingdom. Only the bride can receive that form of fullness that comes from the beauty of holiness. All of Egypt saw my hand protecting Israel from the plagues. Every nation around Egypt saw my hand at the Red Sea. People heard of the cloud and the pillar of fire. They saw the wealth of Egypt given to slaves who are now learning to walk as free people. The fame of Solomon's kingdom, the glory of the temple, are all the hallmarks of a people walking in a real, abiding partnership with their God. Miracles, signs and wonders 
are only extraordinary on earth. They are not required in heaven. The true sign of heaven on earth is my presence living with my people, abiding with them, walking amongst them, my sons and daughters for whom nothing will be impossible. Now, I I think that's a, a wonderful description of the church, a church that is so full of the presence of God, so, so in tune with who they are, that the world looks on and says, that is amazing. That is something unique. And, uh, and uh, the illustrations that, that, that Graham Cook uses from the Old Testament were when the people of God were experiencing the, the blessing, the presence of God, the world looked on and saw something amazing and wonderful. And that's what we are as the people of God. And one of the problems we can have is that we, we don't always see it. We look at ourselves and we think, really? I mean, you know, we're fairly small. We don't, we don't look much. I mean, obviously I do. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, I, my wife said I have a very... Uh, elevated view of my own self but that's fine uh she she brings me down to earth enough time she's not here so she can't chastise me anyway no uh, i digress but we can look at ourselves and we think actually we're not much we you know we, we we you know we can't we can't achieve much we can't we don't we can't uh do much and yet that's not i what that prophecy says and it also it's not what the bible says and I just want to have a look at some of the, the, the verses, some of these other verses from the Old Testament that were looking forward to a time of the church. And they're, they're extraordinary, some of them. Um, well, all of them, really. So I just want to go through some of them. The first one in Haggai. Many of you will know these verses. And they are looking forward uh, from a time where things weren't going brilliantly to, to a time when it was going to be amazing. So Haggai, uh, in the book of Haggai, the prophet talks about, um, in the verses before the one we're going to read, about the desires of nations coming. And he was looking forward to Jesus. And then he said this, in Haggai 2.9, the glory of the latter temple, um, he says the present house, that's a bad translation, it means the house to come, uh, that the glory of the, the later temple will be greater than the former. And what, what the people here were seeing was the temple uh, that was being built really wasn't quite what they were, were wanting. It wasn't as big as Solomon's temple. It wasn't as glorious. And yet Haggai was saying, no, 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 don't worry about that. When the desires of nations come, suddenly something will arise. Something that will be most glorious and most amazing is going to come. Uh, when Jesus gets here. And he was, of course, uh, referring to the church. Isaiah 62, 3 to 5. Again, looking forward. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. It will no longer be said of you, forsaken. Nor to your land will it be no longer said, desolate. But you will be called, my delight is in her. And your land married... For the Lord delights in you, and to him your land will be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. 
again, looking forward to what God was going to do in the church. And Isaiah 2, 2 says this, Now it will come about uh, that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Again, a wonderful picture of what the church was going to, uh, what the uh, what God was going to establish, and what the church would become. And the final one, uh, Psalm forty-eight, verse two: "Beauty in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great King." These passages weren't simply talking about what was going on in the day. In fact, they weren't talking about it at all. They had a prophetic insight into what was to come in, uh, in, the, in the time of, of, of Jesus and then following on from there, and what God was going to establish on the earth. Uh, Israel, at its height, was glorious, under David, under Solomon, and, uh, and we had from the prophetic words the, the, the exodus from Egypt and what happened. But that didn't last, uh, uh, and uh, through subsequent kings after David and Solomon, uh, the, the, uh, the nation went into decline, and uh, it wasn't glorious anymore. And, and because the old covenant meant that it was conditional, they didn't follow God's ways, and God withdrew his blessing. But what was, they were looking forward to now was a new covenant, where it was all not dependent on us, it was all dependent on Jesus, where his glory and his honour and his fame would be displayed in a people that were going to be forever his. And that, was, that is the church, that's you and me. And, uh, and so the prophetic uh, writers in the Old Testament were looking forward and they were grappling, what is this thing going to look, what, what, how is this going to happen? How can this glory that we saw once in the temple but now is gone, how will it be that it will be the greatest of things? How will it be that, that, that the nations will stream to it? How will it be uh, such that there will be a royal diadem? It will, be, it will have authority and sovereignty. And, of course, they, they never really fully understood. Only when Jesus came did they start to see what Jesus uh, was going to do and that he was going to build his church. Another section of uh, the prophetic word uh, challenges us. Because one of the problems we might have is that we, we, we can think about this, oh, yeah, that's all very well, but as I said earlier, that's not my experience of the church. It's not my understanding of it. Uh, and we can often do that based on what we see and what, and what we experience. And so the prophetic word goes to say this, Beloved, what would it take for you to believe that I am utterly magnificent towards you? That's where we're going. It's time to stop living like a beggar when you have an inheritance in my son and in myself. Stop praying like a widow and learn to pray like the bride. There is a, a, proce- a progression in the Bible. In the Old Testament, and I think uh, Jamie and Rochelle were referring to this, uh, God took uh, a people and said, you are my people, and I'm going to be your God. And then in the New Testament, it talks about sons and daughters. Not only are we not, we're not just people now, we are members of his household. We are sons and daughters of the king. But then the imagery goes even further to us being the bride of Christ. So we we become even more intimate than sons and daughters. 
The bride is the cherished one, the one of fully focused upon by the bridegroom, the one that, that the bridegroom uh, would spare nothing for, would give everything for, to adorn her, to, to make her glorious and beautiful. And so we have the progression, and there are glimpses of that. One of those passages that we read from Isaiah talked about uh, as the bridegroom rejoices in her bride. And, and this would have been an, an, an astonishing um, revelation that God wasn't simply looking after a people that he loved. Now he was identifying that this was, this was someone so close, someone so amazing. And, and the people would have probably struggled to, to understand that that's us. That's the, the, the people of God in the future are going to be not simply people that God loves, but they're going to be treated as a bride. They're going to be so intimate and so close with God that they are going to be treasured above all else and are going to be made to look glorious above all else because the bridegroom will, will adorn the bride with amazing beauty and amazing glory. And so this is, the, this is the, the picture that the Old Testament is, is, is bringing us towards. And that, and that is the picture that, that God wants us to have about us. Not a, not a little, uh, helpless, uh, forsaken place, but a place where God's glory dwells. And not only that, but is it a wonderful display to those outside, to the, to the nations. That when they see us, when they see the blessing of God, when they see the presence of God... When, 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 they, when they see what God is doing, they say, they've got something. I need to find out what this is. There is glory here. And so God, and, and this prophetic word is saying, what's it going to take for you to believe this? Amen. And so God is waking us up and saying, actually, I want to challenge your beliefs about who you are. I want to challenge you. I've read it. I've, I've put it down in the Bible and yet somehow we can so often forget it and we can move on and we can say, yeah, yeah, or we can, you know. And, and the prophetic word is simply reminding us of what God has said about us and what God is doing amongst us. It is, it is waking us up to say, do you believe this? Do you believe who you are? Do you understand how much I am committed to you? Do you understand how much I'm going to lavish on you and bless you for the sake of the world? I love you. You're my bride. I'm going to do this. And so the prophetic word is saying, wake up. Wake up. Don't you see? Don't you see who you are? Don't you see? Start believing that you're the bride. Start believing that you are cherished and loved. And you are adorned with beauty and glory. What difference would it make if we believed like that? What difference would it make to us well, I think it would, it would make a huge difference. I think we'd come together, wherever it's on a Sunday or, or, or in a group, and, and I know many people are like this, with such confidence. Amen. Such confidence. Say, God, 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 well, look what God thinks about us. Look what, how much he's, he wants to bless us. I'm going to come. Well, when we get together, we're going to just know amazing blessing and amazing glory. That would have come. And do you know what? That builds our faith, and, and God just responds to faith. God responds to faith and he says, yeah, you, you believe me, I'm going to bless you. Amen. And so he's calling us to, to have that level of confidence and expectation that he is so for us. He is so committed to us. 
And it's because he's said it and he's reminding us of, of it in, in those prophetic words. There was a prophetic word over the church and I, I, I remember it uh, very vividly when it was brought. It was many years ago and it was, it was a, a picture that someone brought about um, it, they were looking and they saw a, what they thought was a dwarf. And it was sort of summing up um, uh, the picture of how we perhaps view you in the church that it, this, this, this dwarf figure really had reached its potential it was small, it was insignificant and it, it, that was as far as it was going to go and yet the picture sort of, uh, sort of cleared and suddenly they looked and that wasn't a dwarf it was a child and God was saying the church needs to see that actually there is so much potential here. So much potential. This child is going to grow. It's going to go strong. It's going to be so much more than what you think it is. And so often we can look at the church and think, that's all it is. And yet God is saying, no, no, I am so for it. You are a child with tremendous potential. You are going to grow into something that is powerful and strong and is going to be effective. And so we need to, 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 to wake up and say, God, what are you saying to us? I'm going to get rid of this negative thinking about the church and about what I see. I'm, I'm not going to let this come in. I'm going to believe that you are for us. I'm going to believe that you are magnificent towards us, as that prophetic word says. And I'm going to believe that when we meet together, when we come in our small groups, when we meet in ones and twos, we are going to experience the blessing and the glory of God. And that is going to spill out to the nations because that's God's heart. He wants the nations to be drawn to us. Another bit of the prophetic word says this, if you believe, you will see the glory of God in power, in resources and in relationship, particularly with the Father. That's an encouragement. That's not a condemnation. It's saying, look, get hold of this. Get hold of who I say you are. Get hold of it. And you're going to see amazing glory and amazing power. You're going to see resources come. You know, we, we, we you know, at times struggle here with, with finances and stuff like that. We need to look beyond that. I'm talking to myself as a trustee. We need to look beyond that. Actually, God is for us. God can provide. God's provided for that new uh, ceiling for us, which is great. Um, those that were here last week and the week before know that, that that was a problem. Now we've got that repaired, which is great. Uh, but actually, we, we're going to believe for resources for what God has got for us to do. We, we don't have to count every single penny, not that we're going to be unwise in the way we use it, but actually believing God's going to provide what we need to see uh, his glory come and see his kingdom come. So how do we know if we're believing in this way? Well, belief always starts and, uh, and actions follow on from belief. We often say that here. I act because I believe something. The way I be act, act uh, tells me about what I believe. And it's not the other way around. And so it's what you believe about the church will determine how you act in relation to the church. This is very simple. And, and there's two ways you can look at, or there's a number of ways you can look at the church. It can be simply a place that I attend. I come here 
on a Sunday and I enjoy it and I go away. That's fine. But that tells to me something about what you believe about the church. Is it a place you attend or is it something that I am a part of, that I'm invested in, that I love, that I'm giving myself to? You see, if I believe that this is a place where God's glory is going to be displayed, where God is going to shower his blessing, where he is going to be visiting us and we're going to do a state of the nations, I'm going to invest my time and my energy and my efforts in this place. I'm going to give myself to it. And so this is not to, to you know, you need to understand for yourself. What is it? What is, what is my belief about this place? How am I acting? towards it how am I giving myself to it it is together that we display the glory of God the Bible so much talks about that now that doesn't to say that when you go out into your workplace and to your families yeah God is with you you're you're you are you are carrying the presence of God and you you just you give it uh, out as you as you work in those places on your own or, or, or with other other Christians or whatever it might be God is with you there and we're not we're, we're not uh, you know it doesn't depend on us all being together to experience the presence of God of course it doesn't but what it does mean is that corporately we are where God comes and together we are strong and reaching out individuals who never are not part of a church will not have the same power and authority as those that come together and are receiving uh, grace and mercy from each other ephesians 2 and 21 and 22 says this in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the lord and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which god lives by his spirit i love those verses i often quote them And uh, in uh, Ephesians 4 and uh, and verse uh, 16, it says, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so the, the Bible is telling us about how corporately together we are to experience and, and receive uh, the, 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 the goodness and the blessing and the glory of God. Um, and as we, as we come together and as we support one another and as we believe and as we uh, encourage, so we will see more and more of the goodness and the love of God and the greatness of God displayed. You see, we need each other. We need each other uh, to enable us to get to this, uh, this place. We need each other's love. We need to support one another. We need to encourage one another. Um, the Bible talks about, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. The Bible says that. So that's part of, that's part of what we, uh, of, of seeing uh, us being displayed to the world, that we have love for each other. We can't have genuine love if you simply attend on a Sunday and then disappear. It's about being involved. Now, I realise there's, there's, uh, there's limitations and people have work to do that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about what is your belief and what is your heart towards us as a people and and those that have that heart will do what they can despite the limitations that they may have in their personal lives or their work lives we need each other we need each other's work Bible talks about that Um, I'm truly blessed 
uh, in the morning on a Sunday when I come in and I see uh, uh, Trust and uh, Cortina, I think it is, Costina, sorry, cleaning. I mean, they just do it because they, they love the church. They do it because they want to serve. And that just, that, just, that just thrills my heart. Uh, these are mundane things, but it needs to be done. And it's, it's wonderful. And it, it, it's a picture. Uh, Pam's there, welcoming people. She, she gets there early so that she can welcome people and new people to the church. Richard, serving on coffee. Uh, uh, the young people, Malco and McCaffrey and Clemence and Amy, serving at the back you know, using the, the overhead projector. Those serving in junior church. Those serving in worship, as we had this morning. Those that preach. Those that in, uh, in creche and so on and so forth. These are people that have got an idea that actually this is worth giving something for. I'm, I, this is worth going for. I, I, I'm going to do my bit. I'm going to do my bit. Now, that, that's because they've got something. Actually, this is worth giving myself for. And uh, because, because actually this, is, this all adds to it. If we didn't have people doing that, we wouldn't see the glory of God displayed. It's because they've got, they've got something in their heart because they know that this is a place of uh, where glory. I need to have each other's faith. I love being around people that are full of faith because it builds my faith. And so when you come here and you've got faith for something and you share uh, and you share a testimony about something or we just chat one-to-one, that is so vital. And we need to, to do that with each other. And, and that's why together we need to share lives so that we can understand what God's doing and we can build our faith, believing for more, believing for, for the outpouring of his spirit uh, in a way that will we'll see the nations uh, come, stream in. And that's because that's what God has said. We need each other's testimonies, and we've had one this morning, and it's great to hear. These are what we are as a people of God, and together, as we receive that, as we love each other, as we build each other up, so we will see so much more of the glory of God displayed in this place. God wants to do it. God wants to do it. God has spoken through the prophetic word. He's spoken through the Bible. He says, I want to come and Visit, not visit you, because that's the wrong expression. I want you to come and experience greater measure of my blessing, greater measure of my habitation amongst you, because I'm going to reach out through you to this world. I just want to sort of, not, not quite finish, but, but there is a, as I was preparing for this, there was that sense of, of and I was challenging myself about, we can, we can get to a point where we, we once had that thought, and yet because of our experiences, because of stuff we've been through, because of things that have gone on, we can dial down. And we can say, do you know what, I, I once went for that, and I once was, was really pressing, and yet it didn't quite happen as I want, and I got a bit, I got a bit hurt by what someone said, and, I, and, and, and so I'm just, I've just dialed down. And I just want to come back to, to, to Crystal Palace on that. And, and the reason I say that is because I've done that over the last three, three weeks. I was just thinking about this. God reminded me of it. Um, you know, we, we as a team, and you don't need to know much about football, we were, we were right at the, you know, quite high up the table. 
And, and we, was, oh, we were thinking about, could we, could we get into Europe? Could we, could we do? And yet, since we've had a long run of very poor results, the best I was hoping is, oh, will we avoid relegation? Will we avoid? And suddenly you dial down and, and stop being disappointed. You, you sort of expect little. You expect little. Um, just so that, just so that when, when you have the result, you think, oh, well, I was expecting them to lose to them, so I don't feel so bad. And suddenly the expectation goes. Now, if you look at a team like that, if the team starts picking that up, the fans get it first, because the fans are fickle, and then the team picks it up, and they start playing badly, <clears throat> and then the manager picks it up, that team is really not going to go anywhere. It's not, it's not going to... Because they've lost hope, they've lost belief. And I'm, uh, I've been really impressed uh, by... Uh, again, I don't, I, it's a, it's a re- re- uh, football reference, but I hope you don't mind. Uh, by Liverpool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and again, you don't need to know, but last season... They were neck and neck for winning the championship with Man City. And they took them to the wire. They were battling. They scored more points than they've ever scored. They, they, they played out of their skins, and yet they didn't win. I think they were pipped on the last game. And you could have thought, that must have been such a body blow to them. They've done everything they possibly could. How are they going to pick themselves up for the next season? Well, they have done... Incredibly, they are miles ahead. Miles ahead, as, and if any of you are following it. Because they didn't, they didn't allow disappointments and setbacks to diminish what they truly believed about themselves was that they were champions. They believed they were champions. They believed they were good. They be- well, they believed they were really good and their manager believed that as well. And so this season, they are, they've just gone to another level. Now, I use that as an illustration because actually that is an example of what faith Amen. does. Amen. And it's not, you know, and actually faith in a football team is pretty, you know. We don't, have, we don't need to be, have faith in a football team. We have faith in a God who is utterly, utterly committed to us. Amen. Who loves us. Who sees us as the bride. Someone to be adorned, someone who he cherishes, someone who he loves. And all he's asking us is, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be limiting you. Nothing will uh, stop you from achieving everything that I have for you. So I want us to, to get excited again. Allow yourself to get excited again. If, you've, if you have dialed down, if you have gone down, allow that hope to rise again. Because the Bible is true. The Word of God is true. God is totally committed to us here. We are just one expression of his body. But he doesn't love us less than another body that is ten times our size. He's not interested in that. He doesn't think, well, I'm going to give uh, you know, a tenth of my love to these people because they're small, and I'm going to give 50% to this one because they're big, and I'm going to give 100% to this other one because they're massive. He doesn't think like that. 
He is utterly committed to us here. He is 100% for us. He has great things for us uh, to believe for in, in healings uh, and in provision and in uh, the glory on this place. Because he wants us to be a display to the world. And he's <coughs> believing and he wants us to believe for nations to come to us, to be the chief of the mountains. There is nothing more unique in this earth than you and me and the people of God. And it's what the earth and what the world is crying out for. It's what it needs to see. And God has promised it to us. God has promised it to us if we are believing for it. Let's believe for the church to be everything that God intends it to be. That we will display his manifold glorious wisdom. We will display his splendour. We will, we will be adorned as her bridegroom. And it will be a place of incredible presence that demonstrates to the world the wonders of God. That's what he's got for us. That's what he's wanting us to believe for. That's what he's wanting us to, to challenge us for. just want us to should we just stand together. Just for this moment, just to, just to allow God to speak to your heart. Whatever, whatever your belief was or has been about the church, I believe God wants to raise it a notch, to raise it. Even if you were 100% thinking, yeah, God, this is an amazing place, and I believe God wants to raise it. And for wherever you were at, God wants to change your perspective God wants to change your perspective. And I'm going to ask, Holy Spirit, will you come now and touch every single heart here so that wherever they're at, whether they're completely despondent, will you raise them to start seeing something glorious? Will you renew in them again that wonderful expectation of your presence to be glorious amongst us? And God, for, for wherever anybody is, Lord, we, we, we are just asking, Holy Spirit, will you take us up a level in faith and belief? Will you renew our minds with what, how you see us? How you see us, Jesus, as your glorious bride, someone that you so delight in, someone that is so precious, someone that you are going to adorn with glory, And Jesus, raise our expectation for what you're going to do in this place. The miracles you're going to perform. Jesus. The provision you're going to pour out. Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. The faith that you're going to raise. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. The glory that's going to be displayed here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Dear God, we just want to we just want to give ourselves to your great purpose, Lord. And we, we say, God, come, Holy Spirit, come 
and renew our minds. Renew our minds in the way we think about the church, the way we think about us and what you're about in this, in this world, what you're about in this place. Jesus. Lord, we long to see the nation streaming to us. Thank you, Lord, we've already seen something of it, but Lord, we are going to see more of it, Lord, because that's what you've promised. We're going to see more of your glory displayed in this place, God. Because that's what you've promised. And Lord, we're aligning ourselves, Jesus. We're aligning it. Lord, we're getting rid of wrong beliefs. We're getting rid of disappointments. We're getting rid of, of things that happened in the past. And we're going to look to that glorious, glorious church that you came, that you died for, that you're building, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. Thank you for what you're doing amongst us, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.